The Short Story Ears, a podcast by Dentsu. Hey, well, here we are. It's January 2024. And guess what we are talking about at Dentsu and on The Short Story Ears, right? AI. Our esteemed guests today are Brian Klotchkov, Executive Vice President, Innovation and Emerging Technologies at Dentsu. Hey, Brian. Hi. And Kate Slade, Emerging Technology Enablement Director at Dentsu. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hey there, Irina. So first things first, how would you guys describe what you are doing at Dentsu? Sure. I'll take a step first. Um, so Kate and I, uh, over the past couple of years, have been working on more traditional automation technologies. And during that time, around 2020, we started playing with some early prototypes or early versions of what you know now as generative AI. Um, we called it GPT-2 at the time from OpenAI, and we started using some of that conversational agency uh, interaction to create something called Dentsu's Intelligent Virtual Agent, or DIVA. At the time, the technology was pretty uh, not what you see today. Um, I think stakeholders were given it like a C- minus on how it was performing. For us, we were like, C-, minus. that's a 70%. That's amazing but they wanted it to be a lot more than it is. So jump forward about two years, um, the conversational AI and generative AI space started to take off a little before people had that big chat GPT moment in November, 2022. So when our group CIO came to us shortly before uh, the chat GPT moment that we all know, um, we were told, hey, can you guys go create some fancy prototypes and some shiny objects so we can have conversations about it? And we actually pushed back and we said, um, no, I think it's a little bit too late for that. The prototyping's already happened. What we need to do now is we need to create safe spaces where our employees can go start doing their own research and development using these types of tools at the enterprise grade level, meaning it's safe, it's secure, it's compliant, so we can balance innovation with you know, corporate governance. So we set up infrastructure, which we call walled gardens uh, with our large cloud providers. Um, in Azure from Microsoft, Google Cloud from Google, and uh, SageMaker and Bedrock from AWS. And the reason that we did that is because we wanted to make sure that we were giving our employees the walled gardens to go start planting the seeds for their innovation ideas. And as they planting these seeds, flowers started to grow. So like, don't mind the botanical reference, I'm going to tie it all together. These flowers started to grow, things started to get created. And we started seeing dozens of flowers that started to bear fruit. And now we're in a position where people are saying, hey, what I grew is starting to work. Uh, our innovation was right. This is something that customers want. Or this is something that could really move the needle for internal operations on our side. We can save a lot of time and do the more human elements of work. Um, and now we're in a position where we have great solutions that have been built in those walled gardens or on that infrastructure that are being commercialized and going to market. So that's a long-winded answer uh, from me. But the crux of it is we are trying to elevate our people's potential by integrating AI into everything that we do with Dentsu. I guess I'm really just putting tools in people's hands, a shovel, a trowel, a hoe. They can, can reap more efficiently and they know how to use, you know, a huge mechanical thresher. <laughs> so what Kate's saying is she's leading hackathons across the organization now. Um, and usually with these hackathons, you see, you know, a couple engineering folks join and build what we call hello world applications. Like, look, I built a web page. 
What's happened in this space is because we've set up that infrastructure well, what Kate's responsible for doing is use, driving the enablement and adoption of that infrastructure. Um, and with these hackathons, we started to see, I think for Google, it was like 350 people joined it. Yeah. Stayed committed to it. 350 like people joined the Google recording, or the Google hackathon uh, and produced over 30 working prototypes at the end of a week with support from 20 plus Google engineers. And we really see that the rate of adoption for these generative AI tools is so much more rapid than than previous technologies. And that's because you can use things like generative AI to teach you how to use generative AI and make the most of make the most of it. So people who have no prior coding experience are asking, you know, generative AI assistants, how do I write a Python script to do this, to make an API call to the walled garden infrastructure that we have so that I can create my use case faster. So with, with the hackathons, uh, Kate, uh, because it's becoming a massive thing, right? 350 people, that's quite a lot. So what's the entry point right now? Is it just for engineers or it goes beyond that community of uh, tech uh, geeky guys uh, in the best sense of the word, of course? For example, us comms people, could we just you know hop on and generate some AI ideas and be as wild as we possibly can in terms of like creativity? So everyone is welcome to join. We certainly don't want to exclude anyone, but users with some previous technical experience will have the best experience in the hackathons and really be able to get the most out of that. However, we know there's a huge appetite to learn in this space so that we also provide a lot of self-service uh, training materials on our AI at Dentsu SharePoint so that anybody can get upskilled in, for example, uh, AWS technical essentials and get comfortable working in the cloud before they dive into using specifically the generative AI tools. We had a really great testimonial from our AWS hackathon uh, just yesterday, because that's happening right now as we speak, uh, of somebody who, you know, works in the planning department and in a past life 20 years ago, uh, had some hands-on programming experience, but kind of life takes twists and turns and moves away from it. And they were like, I just took the technical essentials training and I was blown away. It was so helpful. I feel fully ready and prepared to go into this hackathon and, and navigate the cloud confidently. Yeah, I think that the really important thing to take away from that is um, when we were originally hosting these hackathons, we did see a lot of business users joining. Um, and that showed to us that this is so pervasive that it goes beyond, to use Arena's term, a bunch of geeky folks. Um, and uh, when people join, they're like, wait, I just thought I was going to ideate and come with ideas and someone else was going to build it. But that's the bridge that we're closing right now, or the gap we're trying to bridge, is that people understand generative AI so well as a consumer now, because they're using it in their personal life. And they're like, oh, wait, if I can go figure out what restaurant to talk to go to in my neighborhood using ChatGPT, I must be able to bring that to my customers through a CXM type use case, right? Um, And now what we're seeing happen is people have these ideas We have engineers, the technical capability, and what we're working to do is make sure that those people start coming together um, and we can have delivery on excellent ideas and those ideas don't just sit in the ether. So for example, for the AWS one going on right now, 
we're making sure that the engineering teams who are participating are looking at use cases through a more prescriptive business impact lens. What that means is we've gone to key sponsors across our practice areas, media, creative, CXM, and functions, um, and said, hey, what would move the needle for your area? Um, hey, there's these 10 ideas. All right, when we're going through and we're learning how to use AWS's generative AI capabilities, we're not going to provide high scores, because we judge these, for hello world applications or things that are just like, look, I did a chat GPT type thing that does something cool, but not super impactful for the business. Um, instead, the things that start moving the needle on those use cases that came from business and technical sponsors, um, those things get rewarded highly, and then they get a grand prize coming out of it to make sure that that idea comes to life. 2023 was a year of big, potentially the biggest moment for AI in general, right? Uh, a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, technology emerged on the market. And obviously, it was kind of a big year for Dentu as well in terms of how we adopted a lot of AI technologies uh, for our workflow. So can you actually walk us through what uh, the major milestones were from last year and how that sets us up for this year in terms of AI uh, capabilities at Dentsu? Sure. So I think that the... The big milestones are not the most exciting ones that you're going to go out and you know, read press releases about some crazy avatar that does a thing in a video game to drive brand loyalty. Those are the types of shiny objects that we knew were possible, but we wanted to make sure that those ideas could scale. So there were three main milestones. The first one was the implementation of our Azure OpenAI infrastructure. So as I'm sure most listeners know, OpenAI uh, is the provider of ChatGPT to everyone, Dolly, and a bunch of other models that aren't as well-known, probably. Because of our partnership with Microsoft, we're able to bring those models from OpenAI into Tensu's Microsoft ecosystem. And that means that the data that goes in and comes out of those models stays within what we call the service boundaries of Tensu. That means that our customers' data is protected, our employees' data is protected, and then we're even able to use the data exhaust or the data that comes out of the experience of interacting with that thing to more strategically activate other experiences. So for example, if something is you know, a GPT-enabled thing that is built in our Microsoft estate, uh, is living on a customer's website, we're able to look at the data that comes out of the experiences that consumers have with that agent and say, hey, there's a lot of people in Palm Beach, Florida, who are having this type of experience with uh, that particular client's website. Let's go create an audience segmentation for that thing and start activating social campaigns for them, as an example. So that's really big for us because with OpenAI directly, we'll do all the amazing research and development work. We don't have access to that level of data and we don't have the confidence um, that would come with the security and data privacy aspects of it. So that infrastructure was stood up and I think March of last year, which was a pretty quick first mover on it. And followed by that, we did similar work with Google Cloud's Vertex AI and Model Garden. Gives you a similar experience just with Google's models and the third parties they contract with. And then most recently in August, September, we did the same thing for AWS. And what we like a lot about that for AWS is that we're able to deliver a larger uh, repository of models that are 
third party and open source, uh, meaning that we're able to provide dozens and dozens of models out to our AI connected community, which Kate runs, um, to make sure that people have access to the latest and greatest to solve for whatever use cases come across their world. And I'll let Kate talk to you what we've done around enablement that lines up with those three milestones. So for the enablement strategy, once we have that infrastructure in place, again, it's really about putting tools in people's hands and making sure that they have the support to use those tools responsibly and the training to really make the most of them. So we run quarterly hackathons iterating through each of the cloud providers. We had the first one in September of last year with Google, uh, and we're currently running with AWS right now in Q1 2024. We'll follow that with Microsoft and then start looping through as well. But we want to make sure that this isn't just a big bang event where it's like, all right, work really hard for the hackathon period for the week, get a prototype that you're excited about that you can go show off to your manager, your clients, your teams, and get people excited about. And then that support goes away. Uh, so in addition to selecting grand prize winners where we make investments in them to help bring their products to life, we also have ongoing support and enablement available. Uh, we have weekly office hours with solution architects and engineers from each of the cloud providers that are on hand to make sure, you know, week in, week out, people have the answers that they need to make meaningful progress outside of those hackathon events. And we also have self-service learning set up that's integrated with our AI at Dentsu SharePoint and with Dentsu University. So, you know, if somebody missed the Google hackathon, they don't have to wait three quarters to get up to speed on Google's Vertex AI platform or, you know, the new exciting Gemini models that, that launched late last year. They can visit Dentsu University, they can visit the AI at Dentsu SharePoint uh, and get the latest training there, as well as the support from those weekly office hours. What the hackathons really bring to the table is that concentrated development period where people can really put the blinders on. And while we have the weekly office hours with one solution architect to, you know, maybe regional support across them on a week in, week out basis, for the hackathons, we really lean on our partnerships with the enterprise cloud providers and we bring in dozens, literally dozens of people to support. We have 40 AWS specialists and solutions architects right now that are all on call, available to support throughout global time zones um, during the hackathon period. Wow, that is massive. Um, this might be a tricky one, though. <laughs> what sets us apart from other agencies, other players on the market in the way we adopt AI? Is there even any sort of benchmarking in the industry now in terms of how you should or should not adapt uh, AI as a solution? Yeah. So if we're going down that funnel, so we're talking about like infrastructures here, enablements here, and then coming out of that, there's a development capability and we start seeing those fruits coming from the flowers, coming from the seeds within the walled garden. <laughs> um, what I think what sets Dentsu apart is our focus on foundational work. I'm making sure that whatever prototypes are built can scale. I'm not trying to throw shade at any agencies or any holding companies that no, need no, recent no. I would never do that. Um, 
but it's it's an easy thing to do to make commitments about massive investment and put it into an earnings call. I too am committed to building a four hundred million dollar rocket in my backyard. <laughs> my oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Um, but but what we've done is we've made sure that again that that garden is secure. That that that, that backyard where I'm gonna build that rocket one day uh, is is available and it's it's going to function the way that it's, it's meant to. It's about blueprinting and making sure that lines up with our one day two operating model to bring that capability across our integrated growth strategy. Um, and coupled with that, I think the benefit that we have through taking that foundational approach uh, comes uh, with our close partnership with our providers. So as an example, all of the models that we've been talking about, uh, we have early access to because of how close we are with Microsoft and Google and AWS. And this is an example of that. You may have heard of something called Microsoft 365 Copilot. If you don't have a license yet, Arena, we can hook you up. Um, but he <laughs> 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 was the first UK-based customer to, to adopt and implement it, thanks to Kate. Um, and that was a very small group of enterprises globally, outside of our industry as well. There are a couple thousand licenses that Microsoft is willing to give early access to. Dentsu was one of them. Even from a comms perspective, we're letting the technology providers around us validate the work that we're doing, which is why you see Satya Nadella getting on stage at MS Ignite with the Dentsu logo behind him and saying, this is the way that you should be deploying this and elevating people's creativity at scale. I, I think that those, those are some key foundational elements that we laid in 2023 and the goal coming into 2024 is to really start to bring those solutions and products to market with a cohesive strategy. And that strategy has been laid out and uh, we'll see some really exciting things coming soon. I'm not going to give any spoilers right now, but it's, it's, it's on its way. Well, Brian, one spoiler is that the next episode of the short series will be from your backyard, I promise. <laughs> so, you know, once the rocket is ready. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Palm Beach, Florida is a better place to be than Boston where Kate is and... I assume you're not in an 80 degree or 30 Celsius. Not even close right to that. <laughs> okay, now that we are all jealous of uh, your whereabouts, um, <laughs> next question is about actually internalizing AI at Dentsu. So basically, we are now in a position where we have a lot of stuff and a lot of instruments and tools uh, we're using for work. Uh, on a daily basis, I would say, right? So we have access to Copilot, we have Dentsu Dali, we have built Dentsu GPT and so on and so forth, and the list goes on. Uh, do we actually track and measure whether all these tools make us faster or more importantly, make us smarter in the way we work? Yeah. That's a great question for kids. <laughs> okay, good start. <laughs> so the short answer is yes, we do. Uh, and we tackle that in a variety of different ways. We're running longitudinal surveys, so not just one and done questions, but over time, tracking how people are using products like M365 Copilot, um, how many times a day they're using it, how much they feel that they're benefiting from it, time saved, and their general sentiment, what they're using it for. And so through that longitudinal survey program, we found that 80% of users have had a positive experience with M365 Copilot. They would rate it four out of five stars. Uh, more than half of them are using it at least once a day. 
43% of them are using it multiple times a day. And they're two thirds of our users are reporting saving 15 to 30 minutes a day, which may not seem like a huge chunk of time. Just, you know, oh, 15 minutes, that's, you know, the time it would take me to walk and go get a different coffee. But when you add that up and you take into consideration as well that we've started deploying these licenses primarily to senior leadership, the value of that time really starts to snowball. Um, and that turns into hours a month and that they're getting less time on mundane, tedious, repetitive tasks like taking meeting notes or replying to emails. Uh, and they can be more creative and create higher quality content with less effort with the tools that Copilot is, is making available to them. And we've actually paired that longitudinal survey with another tool called Microsoft Viva Insights that actually tracks people's productivity signals. So it's not self-reported. It's coming from how they're using their Microsoft collaboration tools like Teams, like Outlook, day to day. So we've got the sentiment from the survey and the, and the great feedback there. And then we corroborate that with the actual data signals and how they're using their applications. And we've seen that overall uh, co-pilot users are spending less time in meetings. They're being more efficient with their time uh, with Viva Insights. And one thing that I really like that came out of that quantitative reporting is that they're investing that time that they're saving with M365 Copilot back down into the people below them. So users with M365 Copilot actually increased their one-on-one -on -one time with direct reports by 12%. So not only are they personally seeing that benefit of time savings, they're investing it back into their teams and the people that they work with. And I can qualify that as an individual. So like when I, back when I was doing one-on-ones before Copilot, I would do everything that I could to kind of read through various status reports that you know, Kate and team have submitted. And oftentimes they'd be like, wait, I don't understand this thing. Or Kate, sorry, one-on-one, -on -one, what, what exactly, have, what's been going on? What, what do you need to escalate to me? What, how, how can I help? Instead of having you know, those meaningful mentorship and career conversations. Now what I do is I go to Copilot. I say, hey, what's Kate been up to? I get everything about what Kate's been working on that I have access to and things that are projects that we're involved in together. And that means that Kate doesn't have to rehash the reports that she's already done mm -hmm. and spend you know, 20 minutes of a 45 minute one-on-one -on -one to, to go through that. We can spend more time talking about growth opportunities and, and the way that we can affect Stensu positively as a whole. So anecdotally, it's real data-wise, data validates it at scale. And then another number I'd throw out there around this is, like Kate said, 15 to 30 minutes a day doesn't seem like a whole lot. But when you say, hey, that's say 30 minutes uh, times five days per week, you know, times 52 weeks, you get to 7,800 minutes, divide that by 60, you get 130 hours saved. Oof. So what's that, like three business days? No, three business weeks? Um, no, no, a little less than a week. Um, and then you multiply that out by 72,000 employees. So if you had all 72,000 employees benefiting from that, you're getting to, I, I hope my math is math. Uh, <laughs> you get to around 9. And that's, that's pretty significant. Me looking at the scale of Tensu and helping people incrementally get time back uh, to focus on the things that people studied in school, yeah. the things that people uh, 
wanted to do, but you know, oftentimes when I was a junior level employee, I I was taking a lot of time writing meeting notes. I was scribing a lot. Yep. I was doing a lot of things that I didn't necessarily spend, you know, most of my life studying for. Um, I know that I would have been able to do a whole lot more creative problem solving if I wasn't describing meetings. So when you start to provide this capability out to people, we expect to see better engagement scores. Um, people are doing the things that people are meant to do and bots or AI is doing the things that are mundane and robotic about work. This is why we think that this type of technology fundamentally changes modern ways of working, uh, especially as we all start working much more in a fully digital environment. Um, all that data is there, which means that we can start to see real impact from people taking advantage of AI, performing tasks and insights over that data within our estate. And it looks like it changes the perception of our productivity, right? Because, you know, before that, I would say, okay, me being on top of things, you know, remembering who is doing what and what's the status of this particular project is quite important. And that qualifies me as a good, whatever, team leader, let's say. So right now it would be about how much time I actually spend uh, on quality interactions with my direct reports or my line managers or just team members or just people in the organization, yeah, to sort of have these meaningful conversations rather than just checkpoints of who's doing what. That's right. And I mean, how directly can Arena benefit from this? That's the question. What if we, <laughs> what if the transcript, we ran it through Copilot or Dentsu GPT or one of those great tools that we have and say, let's create a first draft of a blog post summarizing this. I mean, you don't have to go back and listen to all these ramblings, right? You can start to really pick up, get 70% of the way there and adding that human element uh, to it that, that makes it more engaging. Because I think the way that Microsoft and other companies have positioned the generative AI technology is as a co-pilot. It's not an autopilot. It operates alongside you um, and it elevates you to, to do those more strategic things and make those more strategic decisions that come out of uh, the more tactical work that can get offloaded. Um, which maybe you can spend that extra 30 minutes a day getting another cup of coffee if you really need it. Uh, but that, that adds up over time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff and we're, we're really proud of the work that we've been able to do so far in 2024 is going to be a year that uh, we expand that outwards even further. Uh, let's keep talking about the human stuff for a second. So, uh, Kate, I know you are building an AI community in Dentsu. So uh, the question is, how are you actually onboarding people into driving Dentsu's AI capacity further? And more importantly, what do you do to sustain the interest? Because one thing is to get people all excited about stuff. And another thing is to actually you know, get the ball rolling, right? Absolutely. So we maintain an AI connective community uh, for anybody at Dentsu to join. It's an open community that anybody can onboard into and get started and see uh, all of our announcements, stay up to date on prototypes, interact, not just, importantly, not just with me, not just with Brian, not just with Gornadi and our team, but interact with each other and other AI enthusiasts around the organization. Um, so when they onboard into that, they'll receive an automated message. We're staying close to our roots there that make sure that they're up to speed with all of the latest guidelines and policies, the ground rules are laid out, and it'll give them information about our AI at Dentsu SharePoint site where they can go and learn more about the tools that are available to them depending on their business persona. So are they a business user that just wants to get access to approved tools that are guideline compliant and you know go off and use them? 
are they a technical user that wants to get onboarded into our playgrounds and, you know, sign up, get access to build their own AI solutions and get on that enablement and training path with the office hours, with the hackathons, et cetera? Are they a business leader who, you know, needs less to use AI or build AI solutions in the playgrounds, but needs to have, you know, a 30 minute training to get up to speed on what the latest offerings are and be able to to talk about AI strategy to clients. So we have learning paths for all of those personas that are available on the AI at Dentsu SharePoint site all of the time. And then through the AI Connective, we also are offering this year quarterly global live learnings in partnership with our learning and development team, so hosted through Dentsu University, to make sure that people are up to date with what those offerings are because the landscape changes <laughs> constantly. Uh, different cloud providers are always releasing uh, new models with fancy new demo videos. Uh, and the people at Dentsu are also always building new and exciting things. So not only do we host the hackathons, for example, but we also uh, provide live learning sessions that let the winning teams present their solutions. And I think that really gets people fired up. We saw a lot of great feedback from the one we hosted in December presenting winning Google hackathon solutions of, I love seeing people at Dentsu that are passionate about the work that they're doing and sharing that and presenting that out uh, with everyone. And you'll see, even if you go and look at the AI Connective in the client solutions or the prototypes channel, you know, people unprompted by me are posting in there like, hey, I built this cool thing that does like an image background replacement. Like, could we use this for some of our clients to help them provide different, you know, capabilities and offerings on their websites? Or I built, you know, this assistant for briefing, like check this out, see what I've done, get different reactions, not just from people on their direct teams, but from our community of more than 4,500 people around the business from all pockets of Dentsu. So they might be in a different geo, they might be in a different practice area, but they're all communicating and collaborating together in that AI connective community. I think that that's the biggest point is that how do we onboard people and keep them engaged? It's, a, it's become a platform for people to share their work. And when we're fully remote, but we're such a global integrated agency or network of agencies, um, that doesn't always happen. Um, our goal originally for that community, because we want to have hard and fast KPIs for tracking things, right, uh, was let's get 1,000 people in there. I think Kate said 4,500, but I think it's close to 5,000 or above 5,000 people now. Wow. Um, and when we look at the engagement metrics in there, just in the past 30 days, we have around 3,300 people who are active in there. You know, 77 Lies. There's over 320 engagements or likes, reactions, that type of thing. And I think that just those numbers looking at January alone, as we start to come off of the holiday break and people are getting into the flow of things, it means that people picked up in January where they left off in December. Um, and Kate's mostly to thank for getting the platform set up and driving a lot of that engagement. But it's also a huge thanks to the people who are participating. Just having that platform to share knowledge, share solutions, share ideas, share challenges, and have a grassroots community starting to provide peer-to-peer -peer support to each other, where someone in media in Canada is, is 
piggybacking off of the solution that someone in Singapore CXM may have done. Those people would have never been connected otherwise, uh, but it shows the strength of our integrated uh, growth strategy and set of offerings because we're able to connect those types of people through a shared enthusiasm around these tools. So in a nutshell, people are vibing in the AI community, right? Exactly. It's a little party. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds like so much fun. Um, the mission of AI Adentu, and I mean, we're using bold words, right, to sort of make a bold statement to the outer world, why we're using AI. And it's currently formulated as enabling the never before by implementing AI as the co-pilot to augment employee experience and customer performance. Let's actually pin this down to some recent examples of how exactly we augmented employee experience or customer performance. I'll take that one first while Kate's wheels turn through all the different opportunities and options. Uh, but there is, again, going back to the infrastructure, it's about giving people access to the enterprise-grade resources they need to move the needle on their own use cases. Um, there is an amazing solution that's come out of Zensu uh, CXM uh, called GenCX. And while I can't speak to all the details around it, I'll let that product team do that if there's a follow-up. Uh, but they're able to use what they call large knowledge models uh, to create audience segmentations and insights in a matter of minutes using first-party data uh, and the data set that we have through M1 and Mercury. So when you're looking at that, you're saying you're taking generative AI, you're overlaying it with Dentsu's private data sets. And we're not only are you reducing the cycle time for how long it would take for someone to manually create those audience segmentations and maybe a more subjective way, you're quantitatively doing this with the same logic using new technology, Dentsu's best-in-class data on identity, and you're able to turn around that value to a customer in you know, a day uh, versus a month. Um, and again, that goes back to an elevated customer experience. It also goes back to an elevated employee experience uh, because the, as our employees gain that time back to focus on being more productive and being more strategic, uh, they're able to use those three weeks to do exactly that. And the customer is able to get the information back within a reduced cycle time uh, that our competitors just simply can't compete with because we're taking the best of both worlds, the best identity management platform uh, in the industry coupled with generative AI. And that, that formula is what elevates that potential. And again, I'm not the product owner for that. So don't ask any more tricky questions on it. Alongside the exciting part, we obviously understand that, you know, any emergent tech is probably quite painful in terms of how do we manage that in terms of um, governance operations, legal side of things, right? So uh, we are an agency using AI, uh, which is making us faster, smarter, as we found out during the podcast. Uh, and still there's a lot of legal risks, right? Who owns something that was generated by AI? So how are we making sure that we are not, first of all, lagging behind the latest breakthroughs on the market and that what we are doing is still a measured innovation in terms of legal and security risks? So basically, how do we mitigate the risk of getting too excited and bringing new things on board, uh, knowing that this could be potentially risky for us and for the clients? I hate to keep saying it, but it goes back to the infrastructure. <laughs> uh, so things that find their way into the infrastructure have been through a robust and comprehensive process to make sure that it meets the security requirements from our chief information security officer's office. Uh, and the license agreements and the IP agreements or implications uh, that come from our general counsel's office. 
Um, but that's not to put the accountability exclusively on them. Uh, this is something that all 72,000 Dentsu employees are committed to through our code of conduct and the guidelines that are in the process of being updated, I think almost every quarter now as new releases come out. Um, Dentsu is a culture of innovators. Uh, and what comes with that is, is balancing common sense and, and customer first uh, security. Um, we we see the risks that come with using third-party open source models directly from providers, which is why we've balanced that innovation with bringing those things inside our cloud environments so that we mitigate those risks. Um, th this is, I think, another aspect of what differentiates Dentsu in the marketplace, because when we have conversations with customers around this topic, we can produce security architecture. We can produce uh, the details around how we made those decisions and transparency into the performance of, of that infrastructure. Um, anecdotally, back in July of last year, I was uh, at one of our uh, client summits um, in Kara's office in the New York in New York City, where I started my career at Tensu eleven years mm -hmm. ago, um, and Kara. Uh, uh, under Dentsu Media brought in maybe 20 of our largest customers. And uh, we had you know, a series of keynotes from Google and from Meta and AI was the hot topic, it was around innovation. And again, not throwing shade at Google or Meta, they're wonderful partners um, and they're providers of a lot of the technologies that we use. But with the way that the session kicked off was, you know, the Google representative got up on stage and said, hey, who in this room is using ChatGPT? Everyone's hand went up. Awesome. You guys are innovators. You're cutting edge. And it's true. You are. You're using this as a consumer. That's great. Let us tell you why Google is the best at this. We invented foundation models, yada, yada, yada. Awesome. Huge contribution to the space. Meta gets up. Hey, I'm going to be stationed the same way. How many in this room are using ChatGPT? Everyone's hand goes up again. All right. You're consistent. That's awesome. Let me tell you how Meta is using Llama 2 as open source and you know, how we're, our ads group can help support this. Awesome. Great partner, great provider. I got up and I was like, man, I'm talking about infrastructure. This is the boring stuff. They just showed some really cool products from Google and from Meta. So I decided to ask the question, hey, how many of you in this room are using ChatGPT? Again, every hand went up. Great. Now put your hands down if you're using compliant and secure infrastructure offered by your employer. Every client's oh. hands went down. There were a couple people in the back and their, their hands were still up. And I was like, great, let me tell you about how Tensu did that. Um, and I think this starts to, the way that we've done this, I think starts to go beyond products and, uh, and shiny objects and things like that. And it, it starts to parlay into our business transformation practice area. Because after that meeting, we started to have follow-ups with various customers, not gonna say their names here, um, around how did you guys do that? How did you navigate that internally? How did you set it up so that your security and your legal is comfortable? And what we were able to do was one Dentsu is bring the lawyers to the table, bring the security folks to the table and have that conversation with customers who are interested in doing that. And it becomes more of a robust service offering, which you start to see a lot of consultancies doing in the space right now. You see Accenture, Deloitte, PwC, Bain, McKinsey. Um, this is a massive business transformation opportunity. And I think that through the work that we've done previously with CTNT out of Japan and now the business transformation BX, 
um, practice area, the opportunity for Dentsu is pretty tremendous in helping our customers navigate that. Well, the business benefits of AI are quite undeniable, but uh, what about the more lighthearted side of things? Like, are there any recent examples of how you have integrated AI in your personal lives? I think this is, this definitely falls in the hello world category, but yesterday we kicked off our hackathon with AWS. We had 200 people signed up for this hackathon. We've got 40 AWS engineers supporting I'm trying to organize everything from behind the scenes. I'm not participating as an active hacker, uh, but I volunteered to be a guinea pig in our kickoff session for the Americas uh, enablement yesterday. And within about 20 minutes, was able to enter the secure compliant AWS event infrastructure, deploy two dozen different models uh, through Amazon Bedrock, and use their GitHub library that they had provided for this event to deploy a user interface for an image generator. And I generated some images of rabbits wearing, uh, wearing bowler hats. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not necessarily a use case that's driving business impact, but just being able to get that up and running in 20 minutes and have that hello world moment that much faster means that we can shift from that hello world movement towards driving business impact that much faster. Brian, any rabbits created recently? No, I didn't create any rabbits and Kate's well on the way to delivering massive business impacts because you get to that point sooner so you can focus on what comes next. Uh, it was my daughter's fourth birthday on Saturday oh. and uh, we went to Disney and I did not plan for it. Uh, so I used uh, GPT to help curate the most uh, logical princess itinerary for meet and greets. Oh, wow. And I got to say, we nailed it. <laughs> uh, there were a few delays, uh, which, which happened with some over-enthusiastic toddlers, but, you know, AI can't predict, predict everything. Um, but it helps me give the best experience for my family. And I think that's part of the, the customer experience play that Dentsu brings to our customers as well. How do you make these things brand-centric, make sure the data is owned by the customer so you can activate things omni-channel? For all I know, I'm about to start getting a bunch of Disney princess Instagram ads. <laughs> so, dear customers, if you are up for some princess experiences, Dentsu is the place to go. <laughs> and this has been the short story of AI infrastructure and all the cool stuff around AI at Dentsu. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you.